Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Prime Podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. And today, it is uh, time for our big season-ending three-parter with One Shall Rise, Part 1. It's a title that is almost, but not quite, a quote from Transformers the movie. Yeah, shouldn't it be One Shall yeah. Stand? I guess, but yeah, I mean, there's more rising and less standing. I mean, there's also standing. Some standing. Well, yes, but I mean, every episode is technically a standing. Well, well I suppose. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, this first aired October the 1st, 2011, almost uh, seven years ago. <coughs> I'm old. Ooh. Yep, crumbling I'm into dust here. Dying of old age <laughs> right here as we, as we sit here. Uh, written by uh, Transformers Prime mainstays Nicole Dubuck and Dwayne Capizzi. And previously on Transformers Prime, the okay, sorry. The the planet the planets are in alignment, and this is going to allow the Skeksis to uh, reforge the Dark Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> well, not far off. I I just saw that for the first time. Ooh, it's the first time! Oh goodness! I'm a young person, you see. Should have saved it for a Patreon episode. Ah. Anyway, it's a, uh, it is very generic 80s fantasy movie, but it's all puppets. Yes. But they're very good is, puppets. So good. That is what makes it stand apart. <laughs> the best puppets. So, uh, uh anyway. It's probably so- better than Labyrinth, but it doesn't have David Bowie's cock, so. Yeah. Eh. I also, no, also no that. songs. Yeah. Usually I'm taking for leave with Good songs. Music. When those songs are David Bowie, I will take them. <laughs> That's fair. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so Megatron has gone all prophecy happy. And Prime has finally decided that he has had it up to here with Megatron's, uh, you know, evilness. And is just going to straight up kill him. But, as per the end of last episode, uh, a, a Dio album cover is happening. Purple stuff <laughs> is erupting from the earth. And Megatron is about to uh, super kill Optimus Prime. It's it's pretty serious, yeah. man. It's like, man, it, it's really metal. It's it's ridiculously metal. Dark energon in a volcano. I know it's I know I know it's serious. <laughs> that didn't work at all. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. So, uh, luckily, there's a last-minute save uh, from the Autobots. Yay! They, uh, they bust in, they uh, they save uh, Optimus, and just just as Welker is doing all sorts of crazy supervillain dialogue. <laughs> He's so good at that. He's so good at that. He's dialed it up a ham level in this episode. Yes! <laughs> so, so they get, uh, they get Optimus back, but... Uh, Megatron is just, you know, hanging out alone, and now, you know, he knows that all sorts of dark energon stuff is happening. He has enough to, mm-hmm. uh, to reanimate Unicron, because that's a thing you want to do. 
I mean, it didn't sound like that was actually his plan so much as just that's how much it's I like have. a metaphor. I mean, it's kind of a metaphor, but it's kind of not a metaphor, as we're going to yeah. say. Yeah, kind of, well, it is, and it, it's like the, the, um, this episode, these episodes aren't that subtle. No. <laughs> this finale. No. And uh, although, like, Megatron said, like, this purple magma spurting out of a volcano is the blood of Unicron. Okay, if that's the blood, then what's the body of Unicron for the religious ceremony? How is this going? <laughs> well, uh, let's see. Okay, so the, Unicron crackers. I guess for the bloody Unicron, it'd be like uh, like grape like grape jelly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that would since, be pretty great. So since the bloody or since the body Unicron is like rock, you'd need like uh, some sort of stale bread or like toast, maybe. Mm. Yeah, toast. So yes, next time you have grape jelly on toast, you're you're committing Unicron communion. <laughs> I'll remember that tonight when I uh when I have my midnight uh peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> Alternately, um it's possible that his blood is the purple stuff from the uh 90s Sunny Delight commercials. <laughs> Which is just grape juice. Yes, and whereas obviously the um Sunny Delight is I guess the essence of premise. That's fair. I mean, uh, it's, uh, yeah. well, I mean, he tends to be associated more with blue, but gold is not outside the realm you, you of... You don't get as many blue drinks. Good and light. Gatorade. No. Yeah, it's pretty much just various kinds of Gatorade. And they, I mean, blue's not really a flavor. It's really more just, like, at some point I've I've oh, declared blue. that I, I decide to just drink the blue Gatorade, because if I'm not going to like the flavor, I could at least like the color. <laughs> yes. Alright, so, so we're back at base and, uh, everybody's all, you know, WTF is going on. Which is a valid question. Yes, and so it is exposition time with Ratchet. <gasps> Yay! Oh, exposition, there's a lot of that coming on. So, uh, you know, mil- billions of years ago, or possibly millions of years ago, there were, uh, oh, billions. there was Primus and there was Unicron and, and, Unicron was the bad guy. Primus was the good guy. They shall fight eternally. As uh, ex- they do when you have a bad guy and a good guy. Yeah, except, uh, Pr- Ratchet is not in, t- like, he knows that, uh, it's kind of like how Jews view Jesus. Well, definitely Unicron existed, but we're <laughs> not sure that he was actually the chaos bringer. <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds reasonable. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Ratchet. He's a bit of a skeptic. And so the, yeah. the blood of Unicron is apparently the fossilized blood of Unicron. I'm not sure that's how fossilization really works, but... No. Well, yeah, because, like... like is Well, there's amber, so... Is it energy? Is it saying it's, like, fossilized energon? Because that's weird. That's well, like... energon's also like a solid sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't get how any of this works. I mean, energon really doesn't make any sense anyway. No. Wait, Referring to both makes, the substance well, and the cartoon show. Yes. Well, this episode, this, this sort of makes less sense that there's regular energon at all on Earth. When there's all that dark energon and it's different, like, how did the regular energon happen on a I mean, planet uh, filled with blood? I think energon is just naturally occurring. Yeah, you know, like, naturally it's, it's, occurring energon. You know, it's like the ruby crystals of Burma. Yeah. 
how oh, there's yeah. just this, and they they mine them, and there's energy in them as because they're an energy. Ah. Where the hell did the ruby crystal mines of Burma come from? <laughs> I mean Burma, Burma, I guess. I yeah, but like rubies uh, are not an energy source; they're just a rock. They're is, a special rock. Isn't Burma Myanmar now, or am I thinking of the wrong country? I, I think so. Yeah, it's. And the the country now calls itself Myanmar, but there some, I think organizations do not recognize that as legitimate because they're like a military junta. Yeah, it's like oh, crazy God. guy. Anyway, so June has had enough of all this, you know, ancient devil blood, robot talk war. about unicorns and things, bogeyman's. Yes, uh, Miko uh, amusingly mistakes unicorn for an actual unicorn and has to explain to everybody what a unicorn is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of weird since in Japan that's not quite a unicorn. Well, unicorns are weird in Japan because there's there's a Kirin which effect- effectively is a unicorn that lo- or unicorn that ah, looks more like a dragon and doesn't always have a horn. Well, but presumably in most iconography unicorns are called Kirin. I mean, presumably they're familiar with unicorns in the same sense that we're familiar with other cultures, mythological creatures. They just know that as like, you know, this European horse thing with a horn. That they, that they named a Gundam after. Yeah, exactly. They know what a unicorn is. They named a Gundam after it. So, so June is putting her foot down. She's like, I'm taking, like, Raph, you need to see an actual doctor. Oh, and... that was so mean to Ratchet, man. She was casting so much shade on Ratchet. And Ratchet is pretty much it. Well, yeah, you got me there. Like, Poor I guy. Fix ro- like, I fix robots. Sorry, lady. <laughs> Sorry about your dumb you kid. Expect from me. So, yeah, I'm taking him to see a real doctor. I'm taking the rest of you out of here where, mach- where like, space robots aren't constantly trying to murder each other. I mean, <laughs> me- that's fair. So, but Miko is not having it because, you know, June's not her mother. <laughs> and that's pretty yeah. much what she says. You're and, not and, my mom. Oh, and then, oh, there's a moment when she says that to Bulkhead too. You're not my mom either. Just the, the sadness on Bulkhead's face is traumatic. I'm so hurt. <laughs> but Bulkhead, I you're- your mom. <laughs> I, I, I was gonna be your mom. Poor guy. <laughs> he just wanted to be her. Her mom. And uh, and Jack puts his foot down. He's staying too. Yep. Which, you know, I guess he's that age where you're gonna have to do that to your parents at some point. Yes. And usually it doesn't involve space robots, but this time it did. <sighs> I wish it involved <laughs> space robots. <laughs> so she takes off uh, just in time for uh, Agent Fowler to drop in. Or rather to... Oh, uh, y- to- yeah, she leaves... Right after Fowler arrives. Yes. Doesn't she? I, don't, I can't remember if they've met on screen before, but presumably they had to give her, like, a security check or whatever. She had to get security oh, clearance. Yeah. Yay! Does the flirting happen after my... No, I think the flirting happens later. Yeah, that happens much later. They get, like, their own episode. It's weird. Did they have to ask no, her I mean, all about, like, whether she smoked pot and... Chronology might be wrong. All that stuff they ask you on security clearances? We, we we have a we have a shoplifting charge from 1978. Aww. <laughs> uh, I believe you. Uh, I believe you uh, took some. I believe you took a bottle of Tigris by Fabergé. <laughs> the hell? 
It's it's a fragrance. You know. Okay, if you say a so. Fragrance. I, apparently, old or so, for I, I, women. So little happens in this episode, but I'm forgetting some of the order of things. Yeah. So he, At some he's point, on. He, talk of a weather dominator comes up. Yeah. Well, he turns on the news and like crazy weather stuff is happening. There are lightning storms in the Gobi Desert, and a tsunami is threatening. The singular Canadian coast, even though as a Canadian, I must point out, we have two coasts. <laughs> two main, they, two coasts is, that a tidal wave could get to. Is that one of those things, though, that's like a hurricane versus a typhoon? No, I think like, a tsunami is a tsunami I, no. wherever. Yeah, oh, yeah pretty much. It's just that they Japan got to name them because they get the most of them. Well, we called them tidal waves, and they don't actually have anything to do with tides. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Tsunamis are just larger and usually caused by things more than just wind, regular wind. Yeah, and so Fowler, obviously his first suspicion is, so um, did the Decepticons build a weather dominator? <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's a fair question. He doesn't I mean, know what they're capable of. That's the logical explanation. I mean, yeah, he's seen Generation 1. He knows there's definitely a couple of weather dominator episodes. Yeah, no, ah, gosh, yeah, I think there's one where they control the weather. I mean, mostly they just bring Cybertron into Earth orbit. Right. Oh, oh. Oh, it's- What is uh, the one? Changing uh, gears? No, that's the one that I think is going to blow up the sun. Yes, Ah. the sun which is shining over Africa and the United States at the same time. That's because uh, they're doing all sorts of stuff to it. Which they drove to. (laughs) Okay, that, that breaks everything. But no, uh, the one I'm thinking of is, I think, Trans-Europe Express, the one where there's, there's like a race across Europe, and there's some sort of artifact inside like a giant jewel. Yeah, oh, that like happens to be the a trophy. Speed racer episode. And it controls the weather. You know, as you do. Yeah. I th- Wait, I think that actually was a Speed Racer episode. It's entirely possible. <laughs> it's in fact probable. At least there was a race that involved a jewel. I don't know about anyway, the so, stuff. so it turns out that uh, these disasters are not only happening in the Gobi Desert and the Canadian coast, <laughs> uh, but they're also happening in Jasper, Nevada, because no sooner does June get away from uh, the base, but uh, soon lightning starts uh, hitting, and she's okay in her car. It's a Faraday cage. So I like... <laughs> that's fair. I really like her car, because it's just so, like... POS? Single mom working as a nurse car. There's like oh, yeah. some some rust you can see in some spots, but like not super obvious. And it's like a Ford Taurus or something. And I mean, it's all it's I'm missing is some burger wrappers in the back seat. Yeah, maybe maybe, uh. maybe a very faded um, Gore Lieberman sticker. <laughs> Yes. So I'm like, why? How? Yes. Why do people leave their wrappers in their car? It's it, you, what? What? Ah, uh, it's not that hard to get a plastic bag and stick it in a little basket in the back seat for garbage, <laughs> sir. Have, and then empty it. Look, she's a very busy woman, sir. Have you never seen an '80s? Uh, you never seen an '80s cop movie? Uh, <laughs> it, it just like it doesn't take that much trouble to keep your car tidy. She's a very busy woman. There should only be dirt on the floor and maybe some gum wrap. Listen, I have like five movies with Jim Belushi as a cop that would uh, disagree with you. Well, that's Jim Belushi. My car has so many Starbucks cups in it. Oh, Barely my God. Human. Oh, um, uh, my notes say now, Twister jokes go here. Yes. Uh, in fact, my notes do indeed say that June has now entered the suck zone. <laughs> 
Well, there we go. Well, there you go. There's your twister. Joke. It's it's time to call Philip Seymour Hoffman and have him dump like a robot full of little doodads into this thing. Uh, yes. All right. Uh, Instead, no, there is a pretty good action sequence here where Bumblebee has to like, grab you? the car, which is just being tugged towards this, and they have to crawl yeah, I, out of it on his arm. I don't think the physics of that work of this, at all. No, I don't, like, wind is very strong in a hurricane or tornado, but I don't, I'm not, if it's being held by a giant robot, I don't think the car is going to be doing that. Or if it's strong enough to do that to the car, it should also just be ripping Bumblebee up off the ground so he doesn't have, like, claws sinking into the ground he's just holding onto a telephone pole that's pulling out of the ground and then and then somehow they're supposed to crawl out of the car onto the hood onto his arm and like as soon as you step out of the car if it's strong enough to suck up the car you're sucked out of the window it uh i mean yes it looks okay but it the physics of it there are some dubious physics in this scene but it's pretty cool somebody is getting hit with a car here or with with a cow here Yes. Or piece of debris, like dust and rocks. Every it, uh. Nope, just uh, a cow. Anyway, if Bumblebee every... had grabbed onto the side of the car on the door, it would make more sense. But you know, it had to be complicated. And then somehow June clings onto the bottom of the hood when the car flies away. Whatever. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, he uh, he gets them back, and they they drive back to base. So they they're not getting to that hospital. Hopefully, Raph's gonna hold out. I mean, he doesn't, he seems to be okay at this point. She just wanted to have him, like, looked over just in case. Check his, I don't know, sodium levels or something. Anyway, so, uh, so we're, we're back at the volcano. Megatron, the, uh, Decepticons are now mining this dark energon, and, uh, hideously, but we later find out that this, like, radiation, this dark energon is killing them. Yeah. Oh, it's sad. I just thought it was an adorable venture. The Viacons have started a, a new um, side project of collecting giant amethyst crystals to sell online. Aww. But it's killing them. Aww. And, uh, yeah, he starts having the, uh, the visions again. And this time, it's just the Earth straight up exploding. Yay! <laughs> Boom! Going f- I needed that. Uh- <laughs> But but all my stuff is there. <laughs> That's where I keep all my stuff. <laughs> so yeah, we're uh, we're back at base. You know, June and Jack reconcile, although she grounds him until he's thirty. Yes, twenty five. Twenty five. And yeah, and then Fowler actually gets there, and he's all you know. What is going on here? So what the done. hell? Yeah, he's done. Oh, science. hey, Miss Darby. Hello, Fowler. Uh, hey. Oh, hey. We're we're the only two adult humans on this show. What what up? So, like, <laughs> does Fowler just assume that anything unexplained is Decepticons? I mean, yes. Well, we saw that with uh, when whenever Mech shows up, he's all, "Oh, hey, it's Decepticons," and it turns uh, out it's actually dudes. That's fair. Well, no one pre- one previous time he assumed it was Mech, but it ended up being the Decepticons. So now it's like when shit goes wrong, it is the Decepticons. I guess when all you have is a hammer, you assume everything is Decepticons. That's right. <laughs> So they're, uh, so Ratchet's doing some science stuff. He has tracked like these, uh, you know, these seismic waves and converts them into sound. And then it turns out it's a heartbeat. I don't know how that works. You would think it would just be like, I don't know. You just have to speed them up. And then. Yeah, or something like, but like, it, it's a Cybertronian heart, I think Jack says, which is like, you, 
Okay. I feel like this episode does not bear... You know bear what a, a Cybertronian heartbeat It does not like stand how. up... You don't know how much he's, like, fallen asleep on Arcee's chest. That's exactly what I was implying. <laughs> I mean, maybe you do. Oh, yeah, and that, that, that does remind me. There is a bit where Fowler enters, doesn't know that June is there, and starts to complain about uh, the Autobots blowing smoke up his oven. No, I think he just stopped when he said blowing smoke up my... I, I think he said oven, up. which is... Yeah, he's in the middle of a sentence. Weird. Oh. I mean, maybe. Um, I mean, I, he was probably about to say ass. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Which is apparently a an idiom children. that came about back when there was a point when they thought you could uh, resuscitate an unconscious person by blowing cigarette smoke up their butthole. Oh, I mean, right. Which, I mean, that's gonna wake you up, yeah, but not because it's cigarette smoke, <laughs> but because people are blowing in your butthole. Oh, and and the Autobots aren't the only one playing back the heartbeat of Unicron. Soundwave is also doing it, and and Megatron's all screaming about the telltale heart. Oh yeah, heart it's, it's the beating of the horrible heart, Soundwave. It's pretty great. And yeah, so so within the volcano, Unicron awakens. <gasps> Done. As, as if to say, no, we're not being subtle about it. Yeah, Unicron has lines. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he is, he's voiced it's like, I rise, or something. Yeah, voiced by actor John Noble. Yeah. Okay. Who was in Fringe. Yes, they, and... They couldn't get Maurice LaMarche? Uh, I mean, I don't think they wanted him to sound too much like Orson Welles. That would have been amazing, well, though, oh my god. <laughs> maybe, but it, it, he's trying his darndest to kind of sound like Orson Welles. Anyway, uh, you, you might also know him as Denethor in Lord of the Rings. Hmm, right. Uh, oh, he's the, you know, the king of the city in the third movie? And I think he's in the third, he's in the second, of, or no, he's in the extended edition of the second one. And in the, uh... Well, I haven't seen that. Aha. Uh-huh. He, he's the one that has the assistant named Grimo Wormtongue. Oh yeah, and uh, played yes. uh, by, uh... Which is, like, not a good oh, sign. Like, Especially um... when he's Brad Dourif. Yeah, Brad. Yes. Like, like, even if his name was like Steve Johnson, don't trust that guy. He's Brad Dourif. Dourif, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like having a character played by Steve Buscemi, whose name is Sneaky Sneakerton. Anyway, he's also the scarecrow in one of those, uh, Batman Arkham games. Oh. Ooh. So he, huh. Yeah, he's in, cool. he's Australian. He's in a bunch of stuff. Sadly, the Unicron is not notably Australian in this. He sounds a little Scottish in some of yes. his, specifically his pronunciation Something. of Prime. Ah, Prime. Prime. Which is weird. But yeah, he's, I mean, he's coming up. I I would say that he doesn't sound as much like Orson Welles as he sounds like Orson Welles acting as Unicron. Yes. I'm going to put yeah. that acting in quotes. I mean, but- one day I would like to hear a Unicron who is just straight up like late career doing ads for Cheap wine, Orson Welles. Dark Energon from the finest vineyards of Cybertron. I mean, that would have been the great thing about getting Maurice LaMarche not having him. You know, like how Ultra Magnus in Animated 
didn't sound so much like Ultra Magnus, like Robert Stack playing Ultra Magnus as much as he just sounded like someone doing a Robert Stack impression. So it would be great to have it as Maurice LaMarche just sounding like Orson Welles. Oh, what luck. There's an asteroid stuck in my beard. (laughs) Exactly. Anyway, so they've realized that Earth that Unicron is not on Earth. Unicron is Earth. Kind of. Unicron will destroy space. So Unicron, uh, like it's exposition. Time Unicron again. was Chuck. Oh yes, exposition so time. Where Optimus talks about the core and but the core is iron. Optimus, it's not. Well, it's it is liquid, but it's liquid. It, he calls the core <laughs> magma. It's not magma. There's a different definition depending upon what level of the Earth it is. <laughs> It's, a, it's, a li- it's liquid metal. Anyway, yeah. Can form knives exactly. stabbing weapons. <laughs> yeah, so. He does. He's a learning computer. Anyway, so, you know, there <laughs> yeah, was Unicron, it's... there was Primus, they had a big fight. Unicron. Uh, Primus made the 13. I think this is the... Unicron wins, Particle Man. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not sure if this is the first time that the 13 as per were I, mentioned. Definitely the first time they mentioned on a TV yes, show. Yes, this is the first time. Well, they probably came up with the comics some point or other. We knew about Hasbro and their, their big binder of facts of the Covenant and whatnot. But this is the first time they've entered into cartoon canon. Yes. And we get to see them all. It's kind of sl- quickly sliding by and yep. hard to tell who's who. One of them's there's a, a tiny one. There's one with horse legs. One that's a lady. <laughs> there's one with which you can't really even tell, and as it's going by quickly. No. One of them has a beard. Boobs. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so but well, Unicron she has was a hammer. So yeah. Yeah. so Unicron was cast out. We're going to see that hammer later in the show. I am all yeah. in favor of uh, hammers being recognized as a female secondary uh, characteristic. And weirdly, and that was an Ultra Magnus secondary characteristic. Yes, that too. So the, uh, yeah, so Unicron was cast out and it turns out a bunch of rocks formed around him and then that became Earth. Sure. So Fowler's plan is, well, why don't we just go find the hole that he's in and then fill it with bombs? <laughs> I like the implication that he just like dug a hole and hid in it. Yes, like he just burrowed into the earth like the Tasmanian devil. Like he's a hibernating weasel or something. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I think everything should be a hibernating weasel, though. So, we're back at the Nemesis. Uh, Arachnid is... Uh, I keep forgetting that she is part of the Decepticon. She shows up for like one scene an episode. Yeah! yeah. She's there for just long enough and to be spoopy. Just long enough to get a paycheck. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we got the, all the dark energy we can hold, and we can't harvest anymore because it's literally giving everybody cancer. <laughs> I mean, that that is a valid concern. So, uh... You can't have all your vehicons getting cancer. Your insurance rates are going to go through the roof. They're getting, they're getting via cancer. <laughs> oh, no! So the, uh... So he has placed her in command, which has got to be a real burn on Starscream. Poor guy. Well, he's not there anymore. It, it, That's true. I, I would have expected a few more glares from Soundwave. Well, you can't. But you can't give orders. He doesn't even talk. He's just gonna play what you said back to you. Yeah. I well, mean, yeah, that's... but like 
That was his thing when Starscream was around talking about, ah, we don't really need Megatron, whatever nonsense. We don't have to dig him up. We'll keep him in a closet. But anyway, yeah. Soundwave isn't there glaring at her. But yeah, burn on everybody else there. I'm just going to give command to this random serial killer we picked up. (laughs) That's pretty great. So, uh, so Megatron takes off and, uh, yeah, just goes to have a talk with Unicron, who is basically Sinistar in this episode. <laughs> uh, I was thinking more Chernabog. Yeah, a bit of that. Bit, he's kind of hiding in a cloud. Bit Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Yeah. Only instead of a green cloud, it's a purple cloud. Yeah. Beware, I live. <laughs> So, yeah, but he's just, uh, Megatron is going down there and it's just kind of humiliating himself, uh, in front of oh, Megatron. Yeah, he's it's just weird. Trying to suck up. It, it's, it's so strange to see Megatron effectively not almost being a Starscream sucking up to Unicron. It, it's very weird. It, it's, he's so pitiful. Yeah, obsequious really. Megatron is not. A familiar uh, take on the character. And I'm not right? sure how sincere this is. That's fair. Well, uh, I think he's he's sincere, but like everything he's getting back from Unicron is worse than the shit he would give to Starscream. So Megatron's facial expressions are not happy at all. Yeah. I, mean, I do I, not need I, a lowly worm like you or shit. He basically, he just comes off like a guy who... You know, like, goes up to some dark god and is like, hey, I'm gonna start a cult for you and worship you and we're gonna serve you. And the dark god is like, you guys are a bunch of losers. And he's like, okay, fuck you, dark god. <laughs> and it's also at this point that uh, Unicron says something about uh, sensing the taint of Primus, which made me giggle. And I'm I'm sorry, writers. I know it's a real word, but you can't use it anymore. It's too silly. <laughs> it's it's been it's yeah, been ruined. You, you it's can. just one of those words that's been ruined it's now. Work. We don't make the rules. Well, it's that or miasma, but miasma is a stupid sounding word. Or just the presence. I sense the presence that, of the last you know, prize. Presence would also work better than taint. Yes. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, seven years ago, that probably wasn't as widely known as yeah. an uh, a- anatomical terminology. I don't know about that. So anyway, yeah, he's all, you know, you know the, the last prime is here on Earth, and, uh, you know, I will deal with him for you, and then we'll, you know, we'll be pals. But, yes. uh, you know, Unicron's all, hey, listen, if you were really going to destroy him, you would have done it already, and you haven't. So <laughs> I'm going to do it myself. Go screw yourself. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's really, I mean, it, it's honestly, it's like a total uh, 180 from the Transformers the movie version of this. Yes. Where Unicron's like, hey, you're going to serve me now. And Megatron's like, no, screw you. And <laughs> Unicron's like, okay, then. I guess you'll you just can die. die. <laughs> I guess you can just die. And then Megatron's like, never mind. I accept your terms. I click yes on your EULA. (laughs) Every time. Every time I install software. (laughs) So, Optimus is out and about. He is uh, scouting a location that has a high Unicron quotient. (laughs) 
It's got high levels of evil. Yes. Well, high levels of minerals and stuff. It's where there was an earthquake, I think. So they, uh, and indeed, Unicron himself forms out of the rock. Because now Unicron is a rock lord. (laughs) Rock lords, rock lords, powerful living rocks. Yeah, the Rock Lords theme song, or commercial song, ain't that great. No, it's not. I mean, (laughs) again, may I note that the GoBots theme song was, The GoBots, The GoBots, Decent tune. I mean, not a great tune. It's easy to forget, but like... Okay, so basically this means... I I have... uh, Unicron created the GoBots by way of Rock Lords, maybe? I have mentioned, I think, before how... Dealing with my coworkers is like Tony Stark around Peter Parker uh, in the MCU. Uh, and I uh, had a, a coworker who I think is like 28 or 29 who was completely unfamiliar with the concept of GoBots. So I got to, I got to introduce him to that. He thought it all sounded amazingly terrible. And he probably thought you were making up the part about Rock Lords. Yeah, I actually, he thought I was making up the entire thing. I actually had to, like, pull up something on the internet and prove to him that this was oh, true. This is a robot. No, 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 they were rocks. They turned into robots. <laughs> Their leader was a motorcycle who talked while as a motorcycle. Named Psykill. Well, now I know you're making shit up. No one would ever call them. They had that. two combiners. The heroic one was named Courageous, and the evil one was named Grungy. <laughs> Love that so much. So anyway, uh, you know, Prime is also being, like, very non-defined with Unicron here. He's all, hey, you know, you... You know, you created life. That's great. There are, like, all these humans living here that are, like, uh, your children. And he's all, yeah, parasites! <laughs> yes. yes. And I really like how suddenly he's just like, no! It's like, it's like he just found out he had crabs. <laughs> <laughs> Except this guy is trying to tell you that these crabs are, like, something that you should take care of and be kind to. It's it's like that episode of Futurama. intelligent and creative. It's like that future of, uh, it's like the episode of Futurama where Bender becomes a god. Yes. I was thinking yeah. the one where, like, Fry has a civilization forming in his intestines <laughs> from a gas station sandwich he ate. Wow, that happened multiple times. Forgot about that. <laughs> I was thinking uh an episode of Deno Coil where they start growing, where children who are the main characters start growing facial hair, which are life forms starting wars on their faces. <laughs> what the hell, man? It's a good plot device. It's been done since, uh, I'm not sure if Twilight Zone or Outer Limits did it first. I can't remember. But it was probably a short story even before that. Anyway, so this, uh, yeah, so this, uh, this giant rock unicron comes out and it's kind of a cool design. Uh, yeah. yes and no. I mean, the rock like- texture is <laughs> neat and, and all the spikes kind of his torso is kind of short, but that's a problem with a lot of Transformers in the show. But, like, his arms, one being a giant spike and the other one being a giant cactus mace, it, it just, it's a weird imbalance. Well, he can also have hands, though. Well, yeah, but, yeah. Like, I mean, I like asymmetry, but, like, one just being a, a giant skinny spike is strange. 
And then this uh, this also got a toy in uh, in Japan. Yeah, Man. which transforms into a giant face, I think. Well, like a mountain with a giant face. It apparently wasn't very good. No. <laughs> it didn't look very good. One of the various head formers that... Man, you remember back in G1 where they didn't make a toy of Unicron because he just turned into a ball and that was no fun? Yeah. Now yeah. we got these flying heads and mountains that are heads and... And there, it's rock there's lords. the one Unicron I never got that turned into a, a sort of a junkie on car. Was it a spaceship? Yeah. It was one of the Cybertron toys. I remember that. Man, I don't pay attention to toys nearly enough. Because they're crazy. <laughs> and interestingly, unlike uh, Unicron in both Armada and Generation 1, this Unicron actually moves his mouth when he talks. <gasps> Yay! They have an animation budget. Sort of. A little bit. He's got an animation budget. That's right. And I'll also note here that this depiction of Unicron uh, influenced the portrayal of Unicron in Transformers uh, uh, The Last the, Night. Yeah, the, the last movie. Yes. Transformers The Last Movie. <laughs> uh, but really, right, it's so not yeah, that different uh, from the, the, like, the regular Unicron. It's just sort of scrawnier with bigger horns. Well, I mostly mean that the Unicron is Earth in oh, both yeah. this and which, which was a yeah, new thing. This was really the first time they went with that kind of idea. <laughs> that was not really anything that had been presented before. Unicron was really just Unicron. He was his own planet. Yeah. He was a complicated planet and no one understood him but his herald. <laughs> So, anyway, uh, Prime just shoots this Unicron, crumbles him into rocks, just in, but unfortunately that is merely a manifestation of Unicron, and Unicron is Legion. <gasps> dun dun dun! Because he's surrounded by a bunch of Unicrons, and that's where we end the episode. It's pretty cool. It is. So yeah, this uh, this uh, you know three party gets off to a kind of a neat start. I enjoyed it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of historical exposition. Yeah, which I I should the complain whole... about, but I like it because the thirteen stuff's neat. The whole Unicron is Earth thing is very unique. Dot dot dot. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's an interesting twist, and it. It is interesting that this show introduces Unicron at the end of the first season, and yeah, that's it's... pretty much a wrap on Unicron until the very end of the show. It is kind of early. It's I don't know. I I feel it's kind of the same problem that the Robots in Disguise the next show has, where they introduced Megatronus in the first season. It, it's like leading off too strong in the first season. Yeah, like right at the end. Yes. Like, going right to Robot Satan is, is a little quick. Yeah. I, I feel like while, you know, they, they started and ended with the Dark Energon, there wasn't really enough of it in the middle. And I may say a little bit of this because I feel like there should always, without exception, be more robot zombies. <laughs> but, also, I just feel like it could have used more, like, mid-season 
fleshing out. Yeah, like, yeah, I could see that. If they found the bloody Unicron and started making a, ro- a zombie robot army, that might have been more interesting. Like next season yeah. would have been the Unicron one. Yeah. Anyway, so it's uh, kind of blowing its load here. Yeah. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll say it. So yeah, that is it for us for this week. Uh, until next time, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter, we're on Tumblr, and we're on Facebook. And we are hosted by IaconUnderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting fees and other expenses. Uh, that is at Patreon.com slash IaconUnderground. And this month, in honor of uh, the Fathom Events showing of Transformers the movie back in theaters, we will be... <sighs> Talking about Transformers the movie with the hook that we did not actually rewatch it for the purposes of <laughs> doing this episode. And yes, we don't really have a problem with that because we've seen it so many times. I, yep. I I did kind of at the end of it come away feeling like, I mean, we might as well have just seen it because yeah. we have it so well memorized. Yeah, so that we could have had it on the background, muted it in- Tried to sync up yes. to it, but so, it's, it's, yeah. It, um, I think maybe it's going to be split into two episodes because we talked almost it was very long, almost twice as long as the movie itself. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we got a lot of background to talk about yeah. and singing dare. <laughs> it's yes. very important. Yes. But uh, yeah. So for just a dollar a month, you can hear us discussing that and. Access our various previous ones, such as Infinity War, which still hurts. Yeah, lots of Marvel movies, uh, Kimono Friends's, um, other Marvel movies. Beast Friends. Beast Friends. Yes. Yeah. So, until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen, the owner of a zombie robot army. I am David, the Chaos Bringer, who creates order. Unfortunately, I'm only the owner of a lonely heart. That's fair. How does that compare to the owner of other things? Not so great. (laughs) Not so great. Great. Oh, that reminds me, I should order some stuff on Amazon again. Other than this Transformers the movie soundtrack, which I bought today, because I wanted to make sure I had it. Because I have, like, half the songs, but I did not have the lion version of the theme song, so I can add that in the background. Okay. Three, two, one, record. Just hit record. I'll fix it.